Hello and welcome to October's edition of It's Already Marked. We're joined today by Paul Wilson. As always, Paul, how are we? I'm very well, thanks, Logan. Uh, what happened to September? I have no idea. What <laughs> I don't remember. Um, we got a bit busy, didn't we, Paul? But it was a busy month, shall we say? Yeah. So, but we're back on track now. So, back on track, and we're joined by the latest member of the 250 Club, if that's a thing, or if I've just made it up. It's Mark McCallum. Mark, how are we doing today? Very well. It's a, it's a pleasure to finally be invited on since uh, there's a list of um, boys who have obviously made their appearances, but no, it's nice to be um, uh, appearing on it. Well, I have to say, our guests usually come from the injured pile, so it's <laughs> maybe good that you've not been on, Mark. <laughs> So we we all as always we'll start at the start. You first joined the club way back, uh, coming on loan from Dundee United. How did you find that? Um, it was it was actually my very first um, loan spell, um, and coming to what we you'd call as categorise it as men's football. Um, I was might been eighteen yet, um, and we got told that four were interested in coming to sign. Um, so it was the next step for me to go and, and play some first team football, but. Yeah, it was certainly eye-opening, I can tell you that, um, working under Dick Campbell back then. Um, I think um, I learned certainly a lot in that period of time. Um, but yeah, it was it was very interesting. Who were the goalies you would have come in alongside then to play with at that time in 2012? Um, at, at Botha? Yeah. Yeah, it would have been uh, Greg Hartson was the goalkeeper at the time. Um, I, I remember joining the club, I think we were sitting bottom of the league. Um, that was in the old Division 2. Um Trying to show my age now, which is which is terrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was um, a case of coming into challenge with him, um, and and yeah, like I said, it was a really really interesting loan spell. Of course, tried to cite the relegations on that season too. Yeah, yeah, I think ultimately um, the club ended up saying up that year, which was um, which was really good. Um, but for me, obviously, personally, it was uh, getting my first uh, taste in, uh, in men's football, shall we say? Um, and coming back to hometown club was. Uh, was a bit of an eye-opener. Is that, obviously, growing up in Forfar, I think you're the only one of the, the lads that have done. Is that, was that weird for you, coming to play for Forfar? Yeah, it was. I, I remember having a discussion with my, my dad at the time about it, and we didn't know if we were doing the right thing. And there was a few other um, suitable clubs that we could have went to. But um, I think me, just being me, I just kind of put my, my, my... I used to come up watch watching Forfar when I was a kid, so... I just thought let's let's go and do this um, and, and and go and play and and see what it was all about. And of course, for me it's funny because I'm I'm of an age where I stayed beside Mark when he was a wee <laughs> kid and he lived with his mum and dad beside us and his old man always said that Mark will go on and be a pro keeper. He was you had him out training and doing loads of stuff. He used to go up to the park and play, you know. <laughs> so um, it's come full circle. But that would have been 2012 then that he joined, wouldn't it? And what's kind of funny story about that, Paul, is that you were two doors up for me with Louise Taylor, who was <laughs> on the board as well, two doors down. So it was like a trio of us, and, we, and now we're all uh, I've been associated with the football club yeah. over um, the last few miles. So, um, but yeah, it's it's, it's crazy, yeah. A good area for the football. <laughs> anyway, Mark, you're no stranger at loan spell. You went on quite a few in your early career. What did that do for your your uh, career? It looks like a typical goalkeeper, isn't it? It was a case where goalkeepers at that age were never going to break into first teams at a young age. Um, it's still really difficult for, I think, goalkeepers to break into um, first team football at a top flight club at that age as well. So you had to go and play your trade somewhere else and, and get as many games as you possibly could. Um, the club, Dunedin at the time, put kind of a pathway out there to go and 
play as many games as you possibly could. Um, and then usually the age bracket for kind of trying to get yourself to the first team was about 2021 for the goalkeeper there. So, yeah, as you mentioned, there was um, many spells. I think for Rattle Muffet, Forfer, Peterhead, Berwick, Arbroath, Livingston. That's it, I think, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I've got here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually, 2016, you left United, going to Livingston. How was that for you? Again, I, I just don't think I was in the picture of Dunny United at the time. Um, disappointingly, I have to be honest, um, I thought that was going to be the breakthrough year where I was going to be um, pushing on to be number one. Um, things obviously didn't work out. So I had to make a decision where, again, you need to keep keep playing games. Um, I say this to all the young all, all the young players that I, that I come across, playing game time is, um, is the most important thing because if you don't have games behind you, other managers are just, they're not going to touch you. So, um, yeah, I wanted to go out and, again, try and get up, up another level. So, joining Livingston gave me that opportunity. Um, and I really enjoyed my time there. And then there was a spell down south at Plymouth. How was that for you? Oh, God knows why I went there. But I want to know, you want to know I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but the move looks a bit bizarre. And it is a little bit bizarre because my son had just been born. Um, and that was the first period where I kind of let my contract run out. Um, didn't really negotiate anywhere with anybody. My, my mind was too busy elsewhere on, you know, this bundle of joy coming along. Um, and then Plymouth gave me the opportunity to, to go down. At that time, they had a strong Scottish connection. Um, Derek Adams was a manager. Craig Brewster, off a legend, obviously, um, was, was down there as well. So um, the decision to go there based on the fact that I had a lot of um, people that I kind of knew down there already was a good one. But I, I don't think my wife was happy when I went down. I can tell you that. Left her with the bundle of joy. So then, the decision to come back up the road and sign for Forfar again. What was? How did that come about first and foremost, and and what did that do for you? Um, yes, yeah, so I came back up the road. Um, I actually turned down a new deal with Plymouth in League One at the time, which a lot of people went, "What?" And I went, "I know," but. My family came first at this point. I think I started realising that having a son, you know, having a partner, I just started thinking, look, I've got a responsibility here. And I just didn't think that doing it from the other side of the country was was the right thing to do. So I came back up the road and trained with a couple of clubs. Um, things just maybe didn't progress at other clubs. And I got a phone call from Scott McBride, um, who was at fourth at the time, um, saying that Dan Adam was having an injury issue. Um, he said, I fancy just coming in. Um, Gary Bowman was manager at the time, and I, I, I was a little bit reluctant, to be honest, at first, because obviously it was going to be part-time, and I wasn't too sure where my next steps in football were going to be. I actually still wanted to say, you know, obviously full-time. Um, but went in straight away. Uh, I think Gary knew fine well that, you know, the, the signing was going to be a, a good one for the club if he got me early doors, and he actually offered me a contract that training session, which was a bit bizarre. Um, I gave him a gentleman's agreement, and I, that was it. I've been here ever since. I've been here ever since. You've 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 been here ever since. Panned out with the club now, and obviously, like making a 250th game, I never, ever, ever would have thought we'd play 250 games from a hometown club. Um, this is a real family club as well. Um, 
even when I bring up uh, my wife and my kids, it's everyone's so well looked after and everybody knows how good this football club is um, out with, you know, Forfa. You know, it's one of the best part-time clubs out there. It's well run. You're well you're well cared for, you know. Um, Martin Gray does absolutely everything for you. Um, so I have absolutely no issues at all and I never have had an issue in the seven years that I've been at the club. And yeah, okay, there's maybe been sniffs or some other teams to go to them, but I've ne- always felt um, wanted. And that's a big thing as a footballer. Absolutely. And and as you mentioned, 250 appearances, you've been here for six years in the second spell now. So there's a lot to cover. We'll go for the first season, first of all, then under Gary and struggling at the bottom of the league. Was that a, a culture shock for you coming from full-time football? Um, yeah, because we just just won uh, promotion with Plymouth uh, and being part of that squad. So coming into, uh, I didn't know it was going to be a relegation scrap at the time. I knew the league was, it was fairly strong, um, but it wasn't as strong as league one has been over the over the years. But yeah, we found ourselves in a really bad position 10 games in. Unfortunately, Gary obviously lost his job. Um, and I think the, well, for me, I was very busy in goal that season. Um <laughs> That's probably an understatement. I think a lot of the fans probably want to mark the camera that year to be playing every week. But um, yeah, it was it was relentless. Um, but for, for for me personally, yeah, it was great. But as a club, obviously not. There's a few few guys that commented on um, various things on the podcast that we've done, and I always remember a comment that you made when you were coming off. If you got a man of the match, that was a bad show. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we didn't want you being being busy. Oh, the says, so. No, the, you didn't. The goalie should never be getting it, especially at home. Yeah, absolutely. And then the following season, of course, was a bit of a better one. Hopefully, a bit less busy for you as well, as we were fighting up at the top of the division. God, that's a season. I think um, a lot of us will look back on a part of that team when we should have got promoted that year. Uh, I can remember correctly with a really bad first quarter. Um, I think we only picked up seven points that season, or eight points in the first quarter, and then we went on an absolutely incredible run and ended up only finishing a few points off uh, our growth. So. That was that. Since I've been in the club, it's the best team I played in. Um, that, the football that we played that that season was um, was an absolute joy, and the caliber of player that we had as well um, was was really good. Preempting some of our questions there, isn't he? He's already Sorry. he's already mentioning his best best team in that. So. Well, there might be one or two mentioned through there. <laughs> well, yeah, I've been trying to draw the parallels from that season with this season. The sticky start, the big player turnover, the new manager. I'm hoping that things will come together. Did you say for this season? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, you know, it's we we still haven't got quite settled, have we? I think it's 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 evident. It takes time to gel. Um, but that season, like I said, that twenty was it twenty eighteen nineteen that season we finished second in the league. Um, it was the same same uh, type of uh, situation. We had to kind of revamp the whole squad. Um, and when Jim took over, you had to do that, and it took. Two or three months, and we showed signs within that period. And we have done uh, under Ray as well. We've done the exact same thing. Um, but these things just take time sometimes for everyone to gel together. And then COVID struck, obviously, for you. What was that experience being like? Because I, I remember reading a few articles saying how weird that was for you playing in an empty stadium and uh, obviously a struggling team at that time as well. Yeah, it was horrendous actually. Um, the way it all panned out wasn't it great. We were struggling, no fans. Yeah. Just, just not a really good, um, enjoyable experience to play in. If I'm being really honest, it was also the speed that the games came because they were packed in, and you were playing yeah. twice a week almost. You were training, you were travelling, you know, just everything all on your own yeah. as well because it had to be individual cards. Exactly. So you know, it was the first period I've been injured at the club as well. Um, I sustained an injury um, against Montrose, and that's the only time I've been injured at this football club, and it's because of the 
you know, you have such a long layoff um, and your body, I am not going to lie, everyone probably shut down for a couple of months, you know, and um, probably enjoyed themselves a bit too much, but then you had to revamp and get yourself back into it and then you had to squeeze um, some games in and then you had to, I think, with the 27-game season, is that correct, at one point as well? Yeah. So, um, yeah, COVID times were quite uh, certainly interesting as well. I remember I was tired doing the social media, so I don't know how the players were. <laughs> uh, it was I'm, like a game every two or three days. It was crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then oof, your body yeah. must have been battered. I'm a goalkeeper, eh, so it's not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were a goalkeeper in a team that wasn't very good. You want to know, I think there's a, a, a weird start on that season. I'm sure Stuart Malcolm didn't get his best team out that full season. Weird injuries, the full year, and he never got his strongest level on the pitch that full season. So, I think um, at one point, go, it was six centre backs injured or something. So, that's right. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Um, it was mental. Um, Ross Meekham was on the play centre half for half the season. Um, so, yeah, we had real issues then. So, moving on then, you have hit 250 appearances. Can you just Tell us what that means to hit such a milestone with your your hometown club. I know you mentioned a statue before we came on, so. There's a long way to go, but no, I, I think first and foremost, getting to that number um, for one club is it's 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 a good milestone to, to hit. Um, but I don't want to stop there. Obviously, you know. Um, I know Shoot Kennedy's a, the, the leading record goalkeeper and um, appearance holder at the club um, in 300. So, of course, I like setting personal targets um, and, and, and chasing those down. And I know fine well that he's um, probably Fokker's all-time best goalkeeper. So it's it, it gives me something to go and um, try and emulate and, and um, hopefully catch up. But, yeah, play 250 games, hometown club, born in the town. Um, couldn't ask for anything more, really, and I've loved every minute of it. I think it's pretty rare nowadays that players are actually at clubs long enough to actually get those milestones. Yeah, I think Paul, I think the club speaks volume for itself, you know, um, and for me personally that um, they actually tie me down on some long-term deals at points and they put real trust in me and that, that that's that's a massive factor. We all know Fawfers, you know, geographically not the easiest club to, to obviously recruit for, um, but for me it's, it's 10, 15 minutes from my home and like I previous men- uh, previously mentioned there, the people around about the club are, are um, different class, um, you know, and hopefully there's many more uh, appearances to come, Logan. Huh? Yeah, um, I, you mentioned Stuart Kennedy there. I'm not old enough to have seen him play, but I've seen some very good goalkeepers, Rab Douglas and the likes. And you have, Mark, you are right up there as well. I'm sure Paul will be able to tell you, you are one of the best we've seen. Absolutely, yeah. You hear it from the fans, you hear it from any of the kids that are in the ground. They're all desperate to see Mark McCallum and speak to him. Took a wee Hamish Baxter out on Thursday night to collect, sorry, Tuesday night to collect his Willie Dummy and was said, do you know who this man is? And he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, no, the, 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 club, the club's always been, um, the, the club has always been good with goalkeepers. Um, you go back to Scott Thompson, who was actually my very first uh, goalkeeping coach at the United, um, he played in the 90s. Um, you know, you go back into the 80s, Shirt Kennedy's reign at the club was over, I think, in nearly 12, oh God, well over 10 year stretch. Um, and he's a Scotland internationalist as well. So, um, yeah, following the footsteps of Rab Douglas as well, another absolute Scotland legend as well. So, yeah, it's nice to be um, following the kind of the, the traffic, shall we say. You've mentioned the, some of the players you've played with so far. If you were to put a five aside team of your four for teammates together, who would be in it? Not, is this all time now? All time since I've been at the club? All time since you've been at the club, yeah. 
Ah, right. So I would, I would probably, I'm going to take no goalkeeper. Right? I'm going to take no goalkeepers. I'm going to play a two. Yeah. I would play Plus a two, goalie. two ones. Can't have a goalkeeper. Right? I can't. I, I, that doesn't uh, fit, fit well with me. I think. Eh? So I think defensively wise, I'd have two defenders, and I would probably pick. I'd probably pick Ross Meekin. Um, captain consistent. He always was. Um, always gave his all. Ultimate professional. Um, you know, me and him loved them on each other, but I've got the utmost respect for him and a player who did really well for us. Um, and then other defender, um, Daz White for me. Um, I've played with Daz for six years. Um, if I'm being honest, if he hadn't suffered as many injuries as he had, as, as he's had, uh, sorry, he would be playing um, much higher up um, at a higher level. Um, Daz is a fantastic footballer, um, and he was a part of well, those two players. Both of those lads were part of that team in 2018-19, where we, where we finished second. Um, so midfield-wise, I would pick Craig Slater. Genius. So good on the ball. You know, put him in a telephone box when you get the ball off him. He was that good. Um, obviously, I sold one for us to lose in the summer. But that just shows you how good he was to go and then go up two leagues and become a starter at our growth. Um, alongside him, I was thinking about this earlier on today when you when you previously like mentioned the questions. I'm going to pick Dylan Easton. I don't think a lot of the fans got to see his full impact. Um, during training and stuff, he was an absolute nightmare to play play against. Um, and on the pitch, he did show you know serious sides of, of his game. And look where he is now. You know he's he's went on. And he's now a star player. Really so um, that would be the four in there. And up front, only one man for me, Dale Hilson. Work engine. Just a great lad. Um, played one at Dunny United through all the youth teams. I played one more, even on my first loan spell at the club. I think Dale Hilson had five loan spells at this football club. I think it's all record. Um, <laughs> and then he obviously came back here as well and helped us out. And uh, yeah, he scored some really um, important goals for us. He has been picked out a few times, isn't he, Logan? He's been a yeah. consistent one for us. So. Yeah, that's not a bad team, is it? Yeah, so bad team. Um, your best moment in a four for top then, Mark? Um... Playing-wise would be, there was a game at Air United in the first year of the club. Um, we only had thirty people as fit. Yeah. Um, went down there, and I think the bookies had us at a stupid price of that. Eh? We were like nearly 16 to 1, I heard. We had injury problems. We were bottom of the league. We were playing top of the league. It was December. There was, I think, eight offer fans out of the game. There was hardly anybody there. And we're thinking, right, let's just you know go down and just make this score respectful. So we went 2-0 down, obviously. And I've still ended up having a game in my life. I just, the ball, even though I've let in two goals at this point, I'm still saving, uh, I think I had about 12 or 13 saves in this game. And some of the saves that, that, I, was, that I was making, I was going, how, how, how am I even saving this? <laughs> so we ended up um, getting a, a, a free kick. Jordan Hornby, who was on trial at the time, rips one in the top corner. I'm going, here we go, here we go, 2-1. And then there's five minutes to go, and Matty Aitken, out of nowhere, pops up with two... Moments of absolute madness. I can tell you something. Yeah. That change room after that game of one three two was bedlam, and I'm not gonna lie, that was a catalyst. I think for us staying up that season. Yeah, Matty was joking about um, snatching that team of the week off you in the SBFL most in the week because, um, <laughs> yeah, I remember I, that. I, like I, yeah, I mean, all the, I've played obviously over three hundred career games, and that one stands out like a sore thumb. Um, but just the amount of saves that had to be made that game. And, you're right, Matty Aitken was in the team of the week and I just went, you're kidding me on, man. <laughs> Keeps on claiming he scored an overhead kick. 
Jesus. I think you're doing him in a service there. The goals were very good, but nothing compared to some of the saves you were pulling off there, which uh, definitely kept us in the game. And and uh, on a darker turn, your worst moment in a far for top, what would you put that down to? Thoughts would be a part of the team that's been relegated. Hate it. Um, just it's, it's, it's never a nice feeling. Um, you you, you kind of go away that summer and you kind of question things. But you know we're now in League Two, so we've got we've got to try and build build ourselves back up and and get ourselves back into League One because the club's too too big to be sitting in League Two. That's just my personal opinion. Um, we shouldn't be in League Two, um, especially with some of the stuff that we showed in League One. Um, five or six years ago, you know, we were very good. Teams just to hate coming here. Yeah. Um. So we just again, we just need to kind of went off topic there quickly, but we just need to bring that back this season and get going again. Um. But yeah, that's certainly the worst moment. Um, in my time at Porter as well. Um. I think we got, we lost what Peter Head and that, that kind of sealed us to relegation. And it was closely behind that for the Anne Athletic game in the playoffs where we absolutely battered them here. Um, and Greg Fleming's had an absolute fantastic game for Annan and goal. Some of the saves he made that game was was incredible. And, you know, see when that full-time whistle goes and you've lost in the last minute, that was a tough summer as well, um, knowing that it finishes so quickly. I remember speaking to you after that game. What What is your playoff record again? Could you just remind the podcast of that? Horrendous. <laughs> Even my career playoff, um, I've never been promoted through the playoffs and I've been in, to. I think we're talking maybe five or six playoffs now. And I've never made it even to the final. Been lost. I've lost every oh. semi-final. So let's not even bring. We shouldn't even bring that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's a, a sore one, Matt. There, it's a sore one. That's indeed a sore one. And the best player you've played with in your career, then? Um, at Fourth Athletic, or it's a whole lot. Oh, I could name drop here. Eh? I really could. That Dun United generation that came through was an absolute. Just a conveyor belt of talent, but the boy that sticks out, sure, Armstrong. Me and him uh, lived together for a long time, came through the youth academy together, um, even made a debut with him against Aberdeen and stuff. Um, just an absolute joy, um, hard working, proper, you know, box to box midfielder. Um, so yeah, he was um, an absolute joy to play with. And then, probably right behind him, I'll mention two here Ryan Gold, Mini Messi, um, one of the best footballers I've ever seen. Um, and he's obviously doing really well now in the MLS. Um, so yeah, those two players were, were, were top notch. And who's the best player you've played against in your career? Yeah, I've answered this question quite a lot, and it's the same answer I come to every time. And it's Bobby Lynn because he causes me absolute nightmares. <laughs> oh dear, nightmares. Yeah, and he is, I, I know he's a rival player, and Bobby's had a fantastic career, there, and I'm more than happy to give him his views as well. He's he scored some. Cracking goals uh, over this time, but to, to, to do it for so long um, at part time level and be probably the best player year in, year out, quite a lot. Longevity of it, yeah. It's game well, I mean, 100%. Um, so, yeah, um, I have played against other players at higher levels, but for just because I've been playing this level for so long, um, the SPFL page love tweeting if, if, it, see if it's Christmas or Easter and they look for a Christmas cracker goal, it's him against us. I'll fed up with it. <laughs> I'm sure Dale Hilson scored a screamer of a free kick for us in that game as well. And I know. About Bobby Lynn, so. <laughs> I know. It's the worst thing about it. I get done on the goalie side, they would call it. Hey, I hate <laughs> it. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure Paul 
me and you will still be having nightmares about Bobby Lynn for many years to come as well. So. Um, we'll move on to a section called teammates then. This is the opportunity where you get to slag some of your, your fellow players. Um, who has the worst haircut in the squad? I'm not going to get to Tom because he gets it tight. So I'm not going to get to him. I'm going to give him a bit of a respite here. Um, Andy Munoz had some some strong haircuts. He's, he's changed his style up this year. Um, who will, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to name those two. They were in contention, um, but we're going to go for Callum Moore. Um, <laughs> you can't not give it to Thomas Brindley and then dob it. No, Callum. no. This, this, <laughs> you know, Smokey gives me a tight to change of me, and he's going to get a bit here. His, his hairstyle is, um, I don't know, it's like a mushroom at times. I think of what he grows up there, eh? He gets a zero back inside and he doesn't tell the boy to take any off on top. So, um, Callum Moore, worst haircut. And the worst patter in the dressing room? Uh, worst patter? Um, <laughs> we'll go for... We'll go for Ryan Patterson. Most no skillful. Uh, most skillful? Um, I would say Seb Ross. Most likely to get nutmegged. Oh, she's hard that one for me because I'm not really in with the boys that much, so I don't know what they're like in the in the passing drills. But based on a technical level, um, I'd say Andy Monroe. Huh? Oh, Andy's had a couple. He's, he's had a few. He, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he Andy. Out, yeah, he was outraged when he heard he was the the most nominated for that one. <laughs> yeah. He's just not light on his feet, is he? Uh, he's had a couple as well, to be fair. So there you go. There's a current theme. If there's the two of them that are getting mentioned for the nutmegs, then there's something wrong, huh? <laughs> I'd just be glad it's not you, Mark. <laughs> um, no, I'm surprised, huh? <laughs> Best nickname? Daz Watson has been called Turkish. Why? I don't know if this has been mentioned in the podcast. Uh, no, he, he's come oh, in very early doors. So he's, he was also on loan at us last year. And his haircuts were quite debatable. He could have been in there as well, but he <laughs> let it slip that he went to the old Turkish a good couple of times, eh? So um, he likes a Turkish barber. So uh, ever since there, and ever since he admitted that, he, he's been called Turkish from now on. Eh? So, and um, was, there you go. <laughs> Biggest wind-up merchant? Oh, Andy McGraw, easily. Easily. <laughs> Another one that gets mentioned a lot. Mark, thank you very much. Paul, have you got anything to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think just uh, congratulations on your 250th appearance. Um, a fantastic achievement. And thanks very much for coming on the podcast. No, no problem at all. And we'll just touch on your work life before we head then. You've started your own business out here. Yeah, I've been going now for about two years. Um, just went off and um, decided I wanted to go and give it a shot and, and see what self-employment was all about. So, um, yeah, we self a company called GM Fire Protection that specialises in fire protection and services um, right across kind of the country really. Um, we are kind of keeping it local at the moment as we as we further expand things but no it's been really good. I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Um, it's given me a better work-life balance and getting to have more time with the kids um, and working football around it's been it's been a lot a lot more manageable shall we say. So yeah I've been certainly enjoying it. There's been a lot of um, blood, sweat and tears poured into it but we're still going strong, which is the main thing. And the local businesses, obviously, have been, um, especially in Forfar, have been, have been really good, um, supporting me as well. So, obviously, can't thank them enough. Perfect. Today's podcast has been sponsored by <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying for that, by the way. That's free advertising, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, there you go. That's a thanks for coming on and no being injured, which I think is a first. Um, yeah. I'm going to touch wood right now because we've also got to, um, <laughs> got some training coming up. So, um, yeah, let's hope for hope for a clean bill of health, obviously, if we're going into this um, Scottish Cup game. Well, there you are. Paul, thank you for joining me as always, Mark. You've been excellent. Thank you very much. We'll finish on the one question we always do, which is how would you like to be remembered at Station Park? That's a really, really, really interesting question, especially where I kind of am now at my kind of tenure at the club. You know, it's you're now at the point where um, you want to. I'm only 30 years old, so hopefully I've got a, a long time still playing. Um, and I'm obviously loving my time here, so I'd love to add another 250 on. It'd be great. Um, and start chasing down Ian McPhee. That would be a nice one, huh? But I'm not even <laughs> going to start dreaming about that just yet. Because there'll be a few older punters out there going, ah, no chance. But no, you've, you've got to have our ambitions. I think I mentioned earlier on the podcast, we'll start chasing down Kennedy's numbers. As long as the club want to keep me here, then um, that would be great. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm really settled here. really love the club. Um, you know, supported the club when I was a young lad, come up to watch the games with my, with my dad and stuff. I um, used to sneak in sometimes, but I'm not telling any of the treasures in the past that we used to do that. But yeah. Hopefully, there's um, I'd love another ten years here. I would, I really would. I'm really enjoying my time here, but we've just got to take each um each season at a time and uh, see where we go from there. I think you need to beat Ian McPhee before we get a statue. I would be now. There's some of these players that we've mentioned here. They're absolute club legends. Um, we've mentioned a few already in the podcast there from the Brewsters, um, McPhee's, and that. I, you know, I was kind of brought up just slightly past that that year of golden generation of players eh? and Dave McGregor makes it abundantly clear that Stuart Kennedy is still his favourite goalkeeper at this football club eh? but, <laughs> but we'll hopefully make him change his mind at some point <laughs> David's dinner coming up all the players <laughs> we've just mentioned are going to be oh, fantastic yeah. so, uh... well there you go thank you very much Mark please like and subscribe if you have enjoyed and thank you for watching and we'll see you all in November oh.